Welcome into the Locked on Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, joined by Stacey Patton following a thrilling New York Knicks overtime victory over the Chicago Bulls. They've won five in a row. We'll tell you the key components of Julius Randle's continued ascension and why Jalen Brunson was the difference for the New York Knicks down the stretch. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Stop. Yes. Tucks left. Now fires it. And he's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And you want to make Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, we are now available on all platforms. And that includes Guest It on YouTube. So if you want to see my smiling face, if you want to see my guy Stacey Patton's smiling face, go check us out on YouTube. But who are we? I'm Gavin Schoen, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Uh, Alex Wolf uh, has the night off. Uh, everyone, everyone, everyone tweeted him a congratulations. It's, it's the big guy's uh, fourth wedding anniversary. So... Shout out to Alex, um, uh, well-deserved night off. And uh, in his place, I'm joined by uh, Stacy, who is the co-host of both the Believe Knicks podcast and Pod Strickland, two of the best out there. Um, and he is just awesome, as you're about to see in a sec, as we get into an incredible New York Knicks win. Five in a row for the New York Knicks, and it all starts right now on Locked on Knicks. All right, as promised, we are joined by Stacey Patton, the co-host of the Believe Knicks podcast with the fantastic Matt Miranda and the co-host of Pod Strickland uh, with the legendary Schwinnie Poo. Uh, that makes you a legend yourself, Stacey. You, you keep good company. You produce great content. Uh, how's it going? Uh, how are you enjoying yourself after the Knicks are now at their longest winning streak um, since the 2020-2021 season, second longest in the last nine years? Doing pretty good. Legend by association. That feels uh, that feels pretty good. Uh, and, no, and a legend I'm, in a vacuum. I'll, I'll throw that in. <laughs> that, I appreciate it. Um, no, I uh, it was a very. I'm still coming down from that game now. Um, very intense. I really thought it just felt like one of those games that the Knicks were going to lose because of all the dumb stuff that seemed to go against them. But um, that they got the win, and um, I think there's a few notable differences from last year not least that down the stretch last year when they played the bulls close it often seemed like levine and DeRozan were the difference in terms mm-hmm. of getting good shots and um and when the knicks went to brunson i think actually this this game at, at times it felt like he was the best player on the floor so yeah i th- that's exactly where i was heading because the knicks had a pretty substantial lead throughout most of this game just kind of varied between eight and 14 points um, and then the fourth quarter, the Bulls came storming back and it felt like we were we were sort of at the worst of Tom Thibodeau again, where the offense looked very stagnant, not a whole lot of creativity. And it was a lot of Julius Randle, who was who's exhausted at this point, kind of being asked to do everything, being asked to play crazy minutes. Um, and it was just a lot of him like getting in the high post, trying to bully Alex Caruso. And, and at points it worked and he had that great kick out to Quinn Grimes and his, his passing was really on point. And then at other points it was it was ugly, and, and we saw that that pretty terrible fadeaway. Um, that wasn't really so much a play as, as Tibbs just being like, "All right, Julius, go bail us out." And then the offense looked dramatically different in overtime when it ran through Jalen Brunson. Yeah, and shout out that uh, amazing crossover, uh, putting 
putting Alex Caruso on the ground, right? Um, no, I mean, I think um, we, I mean, I've talked a lot about Tibbs. Like, the game plan down the stretch was very clearly they didn't trust anyone else, especially with RJ out. Um, and I can't blame them. Um, I thought quickly had some good moments off ball, but um, on ball right now, he's playing pretty tentative. Um, so I think the game plan was kind of what Tibbs loves, just go with a pick and roll, get a switch, and the, the Bulls pretty much obliged every time. Um, and it was either whoever was more confident, whether it was Brunson attacking Pat Will or Randall attacking Caruso, that was what they were just going to live with. Uh, I don't even think that was disrespectful to either of them, but that was probably where they felt they had the best chance. I can't disagree too much. I would have liked to get more of the guys off ball involved. Um, I think Grimes and quickly running some more off ball actions with them maybe would have been good. Um, and I do, I like the Brunson on Pat will matchup better, not just as to hate on Randall, um, but I also think Alex Caruso is a hell of a defender. Um, and that was one of the frustrating things about last year. It wasn't Caruso so much as Lonzo that they were doing this, but the bulls have shown for now two years that they're comfortable putting one of those bigger guards uh, on Randall, especially when it's in the middle of the floor at the free throw line, they can send help. Um, and I think, you know, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, um, if you follow my Twitter, then I was a little bit more vocal about this, but um, I thought this was one of the more poorly officiated games I'd seen. Um, very tired of watching DeMar DeRozan play basketball now. Um, just it seemed RJ had two or three fouls that were egregious. Uh, it seemed like every time the Knicks breathed on him, they got called for a foul. And on the other end, there was a very bad charge call on Randall um, that Caruso took. I don't even think Caruso flopped. It was just contact that was incidental, but Randall had a right to the space. Um, but, um, you know, it, it was what it was. Would I like to see more creativity from the Knicks? Yes, but the Bulls were also kind of, they were trying to get the ball in the hands of DeRozan and Levine. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. Um, and credit to Quentin, Quentin Grimes, he was shot ready. He had a number of huge shots, quickly had a big three in the fourth um, off a pump fake and then a sidestep. Um, I'd still just like him to, to let it fly a little bit more off of closeouts, but um, um, it was what it was. I mean, I, I, I guess I'll throw it back to you, like, what would you have liked to see different from Tibbs in the you know down the stretch? Yeah, I think the the only thing this was the point um, Ariel Pacheco made on Twitter too that I I really agreed with was just that they were going at the Bulls' best defenders every play, and it was because Tibbs basically only wanted Brunson and Randall in the action, and I would have liked to have seen him um, either run like a quickly Randall pick and roll, or you could have had Brunson and Grimes uh, run like a guard to guard like screen and roll and just try and get switches that way. And obviously with a smaller player, like it's harder to, to make sure they don't just um, like go under, but if they do, you got to, to your point, trust someone like quickly to fire up the three. And maybe if quickly was having a better shooting night, or maybe if RJ had stayed in the game, Tibbs would have felt a little bit more confident going to that. But I, I think I'm okay with it stagnating and slowing down. Because to your point, that's, that's NBA basketball to some extent, but it was, it was more so the defenders they were choosing to attack were the wrong ones. And in particular on that last play, maybe you, you could argue this is a little bit of revisionist history because Randall's been incredible. Um, but I, I am always putting the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands because even when Randall's at his best, he is just flat out one of the most efficient players in the NBA, one of the most efficient players on and planet Earth. he's a great Earth. tough and, shot maker, right? Like that yeah. fadeaway, 
I trust him to make that over more than Randall, right? Absolutely. So. And I, I think to me, you, you just cannot keep him out of the middle of the lane and he gets there much faster than Julius does because we, we saw Julius, I mean, to your point, he got those, it, w- it was three threes for Quentin Grimes in one, one at four minutes and 20 seconds, one inside the final two minutes, and then uh, one to seal the game off an insane bounce in overtime. But all those plays made by Randall were on kind of the thinnest of margins, right? He had three, four defenders around. Him. It was just, just, just getting it out of his hands. Um, and with Brunson, it's, it's just a little bit smoother. So I think down the road, that's how I'd want them to operate. But, Stacy, what did, what did you make of, of this night overall from Jalen coming off what we initially thought was a sprained ankle ended up being turned by Tibbs, a foot contusion? I'm not quite sure what that means, but I mean, the, the guy just an absolute warrior. And it, we, we said it before in this pod, but it, it really has been since Carmelo Anthony that the Knicks have had anything close to this kind of shot maker. Yeah, I mean, I would I think that uh, I mean, yeah, he was he was a warrior. Um, you can't really put it any better than that. Um, I, I think that he was in a boot. There was a picture. I actually got confused because there was a picture where a bunch of the Knicks took pictures with, you know, their significant others. Oh yeah. The and, Christmas party. Yeah. Our and Brunson party. was with, I don't know if he's, she's his wife or his fiance. Um, but someone zoomed in on the boot, but then it was also it's Twitter. So like it also had like his fiance's like ring on it. And I was like, wait, are they disappointed in the ring? Or are they? And then I was like, and then I was like, is this just, uh, you know, like the crazy stuff you want? But it's, it was, he was in a boot, right? Yeah. Um, I do, I mean, he played 39 minutes. And I do wonder if at times, like, I think that I would imagine that pick and roll where they get the switch is a read for the point mm-hmm. guard. Um, I would imagine someone like quickly is highly encouraged, to say the least, to give that to Randall. Um, but I would imagine it was a read for Brunson, and I think he deferred quite a bit to Randall. And I do wonder if um, if he was managing his injury a little bit. Um, but I thought I thought he was excellent, a very efficient, um, some really incredible finishes in that um, you know ten under ten foot range. Uh, had it, I mean, the three pointers starting to fall. It had a four point play, um, and um, and I think that um, it helps him also. He was able to hide a little bit more on defense, right? Because when they play him with, with Grimes, you know, Grimes and Barrett can take the, you know, Levine and, and DeRozan. So it allows him to, to hide maybe on someone like Caruso or, uh, you know, Javante Green or whoever, right? Um, I, I thought Brunson, you know, it's what we've come to expect from him. Seven assists, two turnovers. Um, pushing the ball. Uh, and I, th- I mean, I thought that for most of the game, the ball movement was really good until down the stretch for the Knicks. And I think he was, uh, he was a big part of that as well. Um, there was even, I think it, there are a couple of instances where he overpassed. There was one that comes to mind where, and Clyde mentioned this on the pod, sorry, not on the pod, <laughs> on the broadcast. Um, but what is a broadcast? It's not a live pod. Exactly. Um, he got deep into the paint, into his bread and butter area. And he kicked it out to Julius above the arc. Now Julius was wide open and having a good shooting night, but um, and so that's the right basketball play. But mm. uh, if anything, it shows that like he was definitely um, he, he had you know he was really getting in everyone involved and um, yeah, I mean looked like uh, looked like a franchise point guard. Yeah, I want to talk about the dominant stretch he had in the second quarter. Uh, but first, I got to tell everyone about Express VPN. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. 
Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your whole world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do. Just sign into Netflix, fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located so you can choose from 100 different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love Korean dramas? Use ExpressVPN to watch Parasite off of South Korea Netflix with your Netflix subscription. One of my favorite movies ever. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. You can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on NBA right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more. And today's episode is also brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you can think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, we are back. Locked on Knicks. Uh, big 128 to 120 victory for the New York Knicks over the Chicago Bulls. Um, where Jalen Brunson really took over after a first quarter where it looked like he was he was still kind of getting his footing back was in that second quarter. And it, it just, it's it's such a, it's a weird feeling to have watching this team where you have two genuinely dominant offensive players clicking at the same time. And, and, and again, like you can, you could say 13, 14 or 12, 13 was the closest they've had to that. Maybe when J.R. Smith was, was really cooking and mellow was going off, but man, it's, oh, you, it's been, you, we're not going to give Steve Novak any love here. Yeah. What? You know, he's, he was, he was maybe, maybe, double check. right on the right night on the right night. He was, he was in that conversation, but I mean, it, seriously, it's been, you could, you could argue that it hasn't really been the case this, this century. The Knicks have had two guys who can get their shot and, and, and do so efficiently the way Randall and Brunson are right now. And, and Randall had, I mean, he, he's the, he's been the best first quarter player in the NBA the last two weeks. Like I, I can't imagine anyone's doing better than him. 15 points, four boards in the first quarter for Randall. And then the way Brunson took over in the second, um, I mean, just, it, it was, it was just like a punch and then, and then a counter punch. Um, for the New York Knicks, I mean, first, um, like just getting Caruso on his hip and then just dropped in a floater over Andre Drummond, uh, beat Pat Will, and then had this Euro around Kobe White for a little push shot, hook lob to Mitchell Robinson that, that he made look easy. And then, and then the nicest one was that little like reverse pivot pump fake step through um, around DeMar DeRozan, hit a leaning 10 foot rainbow where he got hit and, and just got crushed to the ground on it. Didn't matter. Still got it to go. Um, but I'll circle back on on Julius because this was just I, I mean, I, I thought coming off the best first half of his career, this one was was probably one of the five best first halves of his career. Um, the, the combination of, of physicality that he's playing with right now, 
but the way he's leveraging that physicality to set up his teammates. I'm, I'm thinking in particular, I think it was like third or fourth play of the game, just got middle, drew two defenders, and just whipped it out to R.J. Barrett for a wing three. And he's so conscientious about how he's getting other guys going, the attention he's drawing, how best to leverage it. And, and look, like down the stretch, you saw him get fatigued. You saw him make some bad decisions. You saw him kind of revert to some old bad habits. But it, it feels like we're getting the best of what we saw from him early this season where he was super into Euro basketball and he was like, all right, I'm just going to pass the ball really quick. That, that's a novel concept. And, and the shot making we had in 2021 from him. Yeah, and I think the decision-making down the stretch, it was a different story, but the decision-making has been faster. And I want to highlight one thing. Even during this recent stretch, there's been plenty of moments where um, one thing I've talked a lot about is um, the guy gets a lot of rebounds, but he doesn't box out. And it's particularly frustrating. I think he trusts the fact that he's a pretty – he's an above-average athlete, especially for being 250 pounds. But the 250 pounds is the more important part of that equation. So if he gets a body on a guy, they're not getting around you, I promise. But when you leave it to chance and you have to go get it, um, you know, and I, so I think that he's that away from being, you know, a much more palatable defensive player. And tonight he was, this defense was legitimately good. Um, I found, I don't think there were, I had many instances to critique him. Um, and it wasn't just a function of the fact that he was, you know, guarding not the most dangerous players because he got switched under. DeRoz- I thought he was at times the most effective defender under Rosen because he has the length and size to actually challenge him. Um, and so, um, you know, can he keep it up? I mean, it was a good bounce back as well. Um, he had a really good game last last game where he, um, you know, where unfortunately, uh, you know, he had um, he had the tech. Um, you know, and, and he had the two techs, right? And I think that that one where it was was a little bit like, you know, the first tech, it was very understandable. It was not a good call. But, he, you know, and Brian and Clyde had said this too, right? Like, you know, you made your point, you got into the refs, you know, sometimes those are good techs, right? Where, yeah. you know, next time you'll get the call. But he kept going. And, um, you know, luckily the Knicks were able to close out Sacramento, but it was, um, it was not um, what you want to see from him, right? Especially given how well he had been playing. And tonight it was a, I don't think he, I think he had a number of calls go against him. Didn't really see him get frustrated, um, you know, kept his cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, even the, the down the stretch stuff, I don't, I don't put that as much on him. Uh, it didn't seem like, it seemed like to the extent he forced it, it seemed like that was the directive. And, um, and I think some of the young guys aren't playing with a ton of confidence on ball, particularly quickly. Um, and, um, and Brunson was hurt. So I think he was asked to do a lot more. Um, I think if Brunson continues to heal, um, you know, they'll manage it a little bit better. But I think where I would, so I think that a lot of the shot making is reminiscent of 2020, 21, but I'd still, I'd still argue that it seems like the decision making is a lot quicker. Um, I think there's one, like, I think he realized last year that like pull up shooting, right. Where you just like, you know, you know, multiple moves and then takes a contested pull up. That's probably not his forte, but also he should, he has to be willing to catch and shoot. Um, And I think what he's, what has really worked for him is he gets the ball. The defender is like doing a semi closeout, right? Where the guy is like trying to get in position where he can put a hand up, but not really getting in his face. And Julius does like a little hop step. And like, when he does that, it almost feels automatic at this point. Um, he's not going to get a ton of those. They're going to probably contest a little bit harder, 
but I think I just think the decision making is a lot faster. And um, and when he is in a little bit of a funk, they can go to Brunson. They can take that off and let him kind of reset mentally. So um, you know, it, it it makes it it definitely for me at least. Uh, we need to see more of it. And you know, um, to quote the um, to quote George W. Bush, right? Fool me once, well, fool me, you can't fool me again. Um, you know, it, <laughs> but. Um, I got his uh, for, for, first time he's been quoted on this podcast. Might might shock you to hear. But. <laughs> um, cautiously optimistic, yeah. um, but more on but bold on the optimistic more than that. So uh, the offensive process has been good, and he and I the fact that he maintained his defensive effort and he played forty seven minutes. You know that's not something I, I that's also something we don't see we don't see very often on most of these pods, right? So. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that um, overall, uh, six turnovers, but the only one I really hated was that last one to Grimes where he left his feet, and he does have a tendency where he just whips the ball. He doesn't have a lot of great touch on his passes. Yeah. Um, and credit a couple of those three-pointers you mentioned from Grimes. Like, I think what's been most impressive over the last couple of games is his release is so quick, and he shoots from so high that a lot of these passes are, like, by his feet or, like, you know, he has to do like these Rob Gronkowski catches and he gets it immediately resets and hits it. And, um, you know, so credit to Grimes, but, um, but Randall's doing what you could, all you can ask of him. And, um, it's making that contract not look so bad, especially next to a guy like Brunson. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I'm, I'm, you, you just, you're hoping it continues. And I, I think at some point the, the three pointers are going to stop falling at quite the same rate, but, I, I I'm sure you'd agree with me. All we've all we've ever asked from the guys is good decision making and effort, and the talent is such that if those two things are there, he's going to be a massive, massive positive. And I, I mean, to me, when you talk about his activity level, and and we heard all off season just the the type of shape he had gotten into, that is really shining through in these games. Because as you mentioned, I mean, not only 46 minutes, but 46 minutes where he's doing everything right, finishes with 31 points. 13 boards, seven assists, shoots 15 free throws. So it's not it's not just all shooting. It's it's a lot of physicality. A lot of those assists are coming with three, four guys hacking down on him. Um, even even just got to the line in overtime by getting that deep seal on Alex Caruso, who who's smaller than him, but is is a force of a player. And 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 for him to still have that that kind of strength, that kind of battle in him. And, and then what he's doing off ball, like he he had a play in the first quarter that really stood out to me where it was kind of the old man Ginobili trick where you run into the pass and, and Jalen had kind of gotten yeah. halfway into the lane. Um, Randall was at the elbow and Jalen flipped it to him and Randall, it, it honestly, it was, I'm, I'm referencing a, a, a lot of NBA greats, but it also kind of reminded me of Giannis because he didn't even take a dribble. Like he, he caught it on the run, two steps to the rim and one. That was and, a freak play. That was just because yeah. like Manu, Manu would do that, but he's not doing that, getting the ball on the way up. No. And finishing, and yeah, Giannis is the close, closest guy I can think of to that, you know. Yeah. Um, so no, that was that play really stuck out. That was like one of the that was a wow play to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that that conjunction between size and skill and 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 shooting touch and 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 an IQ that make makes him at points so um, appealing. And I think why like I, I'm I'm sure you were you you guys on Pod Strickland have kind of been on the same page. Why? It's so incredibly frustrating when you don't see him taking advantage of all those gifts. And it feels like right now it's, it's sort of everything clicking for him. And, and look, we've had kind of like 
false calls with him before, like last year, that seven game road trip where he was like sliding all over the floor um, for those balls and like putting up 37 and seven. And then even this year we had that, that nuggets game where you're ready to kind of crown him and say like, all right, that this is the guy. And then it's, it's hit or miss. I, I think what gives me the most optimism right now is, is I really, I, I believe in basketball ball movement is contagious and defensive effort is contagious. And I think he's feeding off the energy that Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride are, are bringing to the table. And that's sort of bringing the best out of Julius Randall. Um, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Stacey. Uh, but first, uh, we are going to tell everyone a little bit about Bill Bar. Pause the pod for a sec. Okay, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Bill Bar's new reimagined flavors, such as cookie dough topper and coconut brownie topper. They also have white chocolate peppermint granola. It's built to take on the granola bar. So it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Bill Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 70 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugars and calories, just 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try these new Built Bars and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. An unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all different. So you can order a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself. Built. You got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. All right, we're back on LOCKEDON. Nick, Stacey, I brought up the idea um, going to the break of I, I think what Deuce and Quentin and, and IQ are doing from an energy perspective are bringing out the best defensively out of Julius Randle. And maybe it's just a health thing, but RJ Barrett just has a different pep in his step these last few games offensively and defensively yeah i i think that that's i think that um that's a point that uh that definitely has merit um i'll also add going back to our randall discussion um it's it's worth noting he's only shooting 33.7 percent from three it is on seven attempts per game so that's a career high but that is right in line with his career average and he's still at 59 percent true shooting so um you know, I think the mid-range will come down a little bit. Um, he's shooting better from mid-range from 3 and 10 and 10 and 16. But those aren't a ton of his attempts. He's actually reduced those um, substantially from t- even 2020, 21. So I, I, don't, I think that this, this level of efficiency is somewhat sustainable, at least 57, 58%. Uh, going back to your question, I absolutely think that it looks like they've hit another gear. Um, and... Um, you know, I think quickly has that effect. I think that's part of the reason why quickly has been such an on off God for like his whole career. Um, because he does the energy plays with on both ends kind of is contagious, but uh, McBride and Grimes, you know, you see those guys, the way they're playing, going after everything, uh, keeping everything in front of them. And like, you know, if a, if a guy like Grimes is, is like locking up Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, and then, then you're, you gotta be like, if he's doing that, I can't screw up. Right. Uh, I got to do my job for sure. It's not like when you're like, well, if I lock up my guy, <coughs> Evan Fournier is going to get beat anyway. Who cares, yeah. right? And we've seen this before. I mean, as a Knicks fan, the last time I can remember that kind of happening was uh, in 2012-2013, the Knicks finished with, I believe, the third best defensive rating. And they were trotting out high heavy minutes, and the corpse of Jason Kidd, um, J.R. Smith, Carmelo Anthony probably had his best defensive season that, but nobody's knowing Mello as, you know, Dennis Rodman or something. Um, Steve Novak, not a very good defender. Um, you know, 
and the guy who I'm going to mention was really the catalyst for that. And he got all of them to play above their level while also cleaning up for them. And that was Tyson Chandler. I'm not saying Grimes or McBride is Tyson Chandler as a defender, but especially when, when you have two or three of McBride, you can do all of these configurations. Yanov just is absurd. And that goes yeah. back to last year. And I'll highlight this. I remember the last time I was on this pod was last year. Uh, probably my favorite game of last year is between that one and the Clippers where the Knicks came back from 17 down in the fourth to beat the Miami Heat. Right. And that was, so that was the quickly show. He had a big game, but McBride was a massive part of that. He had a couple of huge rebounds in traffic. Um, he blocked Kyle Lowry. Just really was he dominated Kyle Lowry on, on defense. Yes, 35-year-old Kyle, Kyle Lowry, but still, like, for a guy, a rookie who, you know, wasn't playing much to do that, very impressive. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the Knicks are already now up to – they had a disastrous start to the season on defense. They're Before tonight, we're up to 11th in defensive rating. Um, and another guy – so I think I would agree that RJ – tonight I think RJ played a terrific defensive game. He fouled out a um, couple of possessions. But, I mean – the possessions where DeRozan scored on him, it often felt like, well, anytime he plays the remote bit physically, he's getting called, right? I think he, I would like to see him do a better job getting DeRozan off his spots, but I thought this was one of his better defensive games. Um, and, and I thought Grimes, and then Grimes and McBride individually, I thought both of them had great possessions on Levine and DeRozan. Uh, quickly was a little bit less off of his usual elite level, but I thought he had some great um possessions and i think all three of them also have great chemistry on defense with the person i think is ultimately their most important defensive player and who i think is a bit of an unsung hero tonight he's not going to get as much press as brunson or randall but i think mitchell robinson was vital to the Knicks. i don't think they win this game without mitchell robinson not least because um this was probably the worst game isaiah hartenstein has had in a Knicks uniform He's gotten a lot of criticism. I think he's still a little bit underrated um, for the things he does bring, but this is a horrible matchup, and just he didn't have it tonight. And I don't know how many offensive rebounds Mitch had. Mitch had six offensive rebounds. So the stat line is eight, 10, and two, which for him is you know not too noteworthy, but I would bet he had a bunch of tap outs and con- contributions to team rebound. His offensive rebounding has been a game changer, um, period. Um, he is, you know, the guys who might be better offensive rebounders than him, you're talking about guys like Capella or Giannis. Like, he is in that level. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this out there real quick. He, he leads the NBA over the last seven games now in, in offensive rebounds. Yeah. Um, and and his def- But I think going back to the original point, when he guards a pick and roll, we have a lot of this has been talked about. You know, he gained weight, especially at the beginning of last year, he looked out of shape. And the beginning of this year, his defense wasn't as impactful. When he guards a pick and roll with Jalen Brunson or Evan Fournier, compared to guarding it with Deuce McBride, Manuel Quickly, or Quentin Grimes, it is day and night. And even Levine was getting bottled up. Uh, I was looking at some Bulls fans' tweets, and they were very frustrated with Levine. And I think a lot of that was when Mitchell Robinson, when he's defending pick and roll and drop, he does like he doesn't have to play Brook Lopez drop coverage. He doesn't have to play certainly you know Enos Cantor or Isaiah Hardenstein drop coverage. He can get up, but like you know, he, he can't play right up on the guy. And yeah. especially against the Bulls, that was really a problem last year because Vooch can space, and that just wasn't as much of a factor tonight. Um, you know, Vooch got free a couple times from three, but for the most part, because these guys can get over screens, 
um, it puts Mitch in a much, much more advantageous position and drop. And if they're forced to, you know, and then if you get over the screen and they can't pull up, they have to attack Mitch downhill, which the Knicks will take that every day. Uh, that's how their defense is designed. So um, is it just, I think that the interesting question, I'll throw this back to you. Like yeah. how much of it do you think is inspiration? Oh, perspiration and inspiration, I guess is the, is the this phrase, right? But how much is the inspiration? How much of it is just making their jobs easier? And, uh, and how much of it do you think is just pure their raw talent you know, additive, not compound even, you know? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's all of the above. Um, I, I know uh, Macri in his newsletter the other day highlighted a play where RJ was, this was uh, last game, RJ was supposed to make a rotation out to the wing and he just didn't react quickly enough. Or, or actually Benji uh, mentioned this one too. And then in, instead of, it, it would have been an open three, but from two rotations over, um, Deuce popped up from the corner, sprinted out and got a hard contest on it. It was, it was Kevin Herter. And, and forced to miss three. And you're seeing better effort from RJ and Julius, but even on the plays where they mess up or they have a brain fart, which seems to be an inevitability to some extent for both of them, even, even if it is getting better, you have guys who can clean up those mistakes. And I think to your point on Mitchell Robinson, he's as engaged as he's been all season. Like he was great earlier in the year, but I think he was, he was wearing out and, and understandably because you would see time after time, where he would switch onto a guard and he would block the shot and then the his man would just clean it up because RJ was refusing to come down and dig and and, and get a box out. Um and, and now you see guys like Deuce and Grimes and, and quickly constantly in the muck and battling and, and everyone has each other's back. And and I think what you noted um with with Fournier where with Julius was like, all right, they're probably gonna score anyways, was a great point because there anyone who's played basketball on any level before knows that there's a psychological element to that to when you trust your teammates you're just going to play harder defensively because nobody wants to be the clear-cut weak link um and i think we've seen that a lot from julius Randle and a lot from rj barrett who from for the second straight game um last time it was helping on trey lyles this time it was it was on demar Derozan had had a flying come from behind block and, and he just yeah that was at, one of the plays of the game yeah at, and athletically i mean i i thought the one he had against the kings was was maybe even better like i thought those are two of my favorite plays for him all year and and he hasn't really looked like someone for most of this year that has the athletic pop necessary to pull that off but it's translating defensively and i i think for rj it's it's translating offensively as well i mean the way he was he attacked levine in in, in semi transition to to get a layup um the the passing is is on or closer to the level that i was hoping it would be coming into the season where you see him coming off a screen and, and throwing just one-handed dots to the opposite corner. And we, we saw from him last year that that is within his bag, but he just wasn't doing it earlier this year. Um, and then the shot I, I thought just looked better for RJ in this game, four for seven from three looked smooth, looked confident. And, and, and to me, I mean, we, we all heard that he was, he was sick earlier this season. He had, he had literally the, the same thing last year where he had a sickness that he dealt with for a while, for whatever reason, he gets off to slow starts, but he is physically um, and mentally looking so much more like the player I expected this season. All right, guys, that's it for now with Stacy. That's right. It, it is the rare weekday recap two-parter. We come back and we discuss an interesting possibility that Stacy brings up. Are the Knicks one of the four or five best teams in the Eastern Conference? We get into that uh, in just a couple hours. So, so keep keep refreshing that YouTube page. Keep refreshing that podcast feed because it'll be up soon with Stacy Patton talking more Knicks basketball right here on Locked on Knicks. <laughs> 